Welcome to Uncharted Journeys. I'm your host, Kathy McKnight. If you're like me and you've ever sat back and wondered, how did I get here? Whether literally or figuratively in terms of your career or life in general, then you're in good company and have come to the right place. On Uncharted Journeys, you'll hear from amazing women about their straight and narrow, zigzaggy, and somewhere in between paths to success. Today's guest is an HR consultant, an avid reader, and an incurable chocolate lover, not necessarily in that order. What she may lack in physical stature, she makes up for her makes up for in her unabashed, joyful laugh and her commitment to causes she believes in. 20, 21 years into a career with firms like Aon Hewitt and Willis Towers Watson, she ditched the big corporate in favor of finding her own way to personal, professional, and financial freedom. Today, she works with clients to solve their problems and is, a relentless, and is relentless about making HR accessible and easy. She is also on a mission to help boards and leadership teams with their diversity, equity, and inclusion strategies to move beyond words and shift into action that are meaning, meaningful, impactful, and sustainable. A friend and former colleague at Aon Hewitt, I am thrilled to welcome Susan Hunter. Welcome, Susan. Hey, Kathy. <laughs> How are you? It's been a while. It has been a while. Too long, to be exact. Yeah, I'd say so. Um, so you've had a couple of career changes <laughs> since we we last yeah. connected, and I have to say, I I love what you're doing with regard to you know helping organizations, particularly boards and leadership teams, which is where things need to change to shift them from action from from just words to to actions, and not just any action, but meaningful, impactful, and I think key there is sustainable. So, you know, I gave our audience just a, a quick lowdown on who you are. Why don't you tell us a little bit more about, you know, what have you been doing and how you got here? Yeah, the entire, my entire career has been in consulting. It's been an advisor to uh, leadership teams and organizations to really help the needle uh, in terms of uh, what I call people and culture issues. And my passion over the last couple of years has really been around, you know, in inclusion, diversity, and, and equity. Um, what I'm finding with this work, it's um, it's hard to wrap it up in a nutshell, but it's um, there's many dimensions to it. And it's, I call it emotional because it has, it has that ability to bring out different kinds of feelings for, you know, depending on where you're coming from. And where I feel organizations are stuck is where to start and where to go. Uh, and, and so that's, that's a sweet spot. And where I want to play is what is the right strategy for your organization? And it's not a matter of copying what somebody else is doing or mimicking what somebody else is doing. And I think we all see it, right? We see the, uh, you know, on pride month, we see the colorful logos, right. And things like that. And for in February with black history, uh, we see, you know, the, the, the webinar series and things like that, but it has to go beyond that. And that's what I'm trying to help organizations with. And so many, so many need that, um, you know, they're, they have the right ideas, but they don't know how to put that in action. It's similar to the work that we do with our, our, our content strategy and content ops is right. They know something's not right. They know something needs to change, but they're, they're paralyzed with where to start and having, um, an instigator, having someone who can initiate change really, really helps them forward. So you're doing such important work. Um, and I can't wait to delve even deeper into it, but like always, I've got four 
quick rapid fire questions for you that I like to ask all my guests. So, you know, rarely have I heard, insert never, that, you know, somebody dreamt of being an HR professional. <laughs> um, so, you know, what was your first, the first career you remember wanting to do when you grew up? My first career, uh, truthfully, uh, I think a teacher, uh, just the idea. I loved the whole process of learning, still do. And, um, you know, I, I love to read. Uh, so the idea of being in front of the classroom and molding minds was kind of a, you know, a, th a thing that I had for a very long time. So that's what I remember. Cool. Well, you're kind of doing that now. So you've just in a, in a, in a less yeah. formal, <laughs> formal way. Yeah. Um, all right. Do you remember who the first big influencer in your life was or who, who do you remember being the first big influencer? Yes, I do. And she still comes to mind every so often, to be honest, it was, um, a woman who was a leader of um, a company I was working for when I was actually studying during university at U of T. And uh, I had this summer job and it was a relatively small office and mostly men. But what I remember was the woman uh, was the leader of the entire group. And I just remember every time she would walk into the office, there was just a power that she carried and I just admired it. I thought, wow. I want to be like that when I grow up and I just, I'll never forget it. And we stayed in touch over the years. Um, and she's, she's just amazing. A role model. I love that. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's, it's interesting to, to, to think about. So in our generation, we remember that powerful woman, right? Because mm -hmm. it just, it, it wasn't common. It wasn't something that you saw every day. I remember the executive that I worked for. I was an executive comms at IBM and um, the executive that I supported, she was, she was GM of, of IGS for IBM Canada at the time. And not in a necessarily a positive way, but that was it. Like she just, you feared mm -hmm. her. Everybody feared mm -hmm. her. And if you didn't fear her, not many people liked her. Yeah. It sounds like the woman that influenced you, that she had a way about her that was powerful, yeah. but amenable, right? That people exactly. liked her, wanted to, wanted to succeed for her and, and, and work with her. Um, not so much the case in mine, but it's, it's interesting how that really stands out now. And I think in, in this next generation coming through, it doesn't stand out as much because it's, it happens more often. Mm -hmm. It's not, it's not a one-off, right. Which is, which is both good and yeah. bad. <laughs> I, guess. I think at that time, you know, I was during university, it was very young. And obviously uh, at that time uh, in terms of history, I think a lot of women who were in leadership roles had to be like men in order to succeed. And so I think, yeah. you know, with time and with all the things that have happened with the pandemic, um, leadership styles have to change. Um, people no longer will tolerate that style of behavior and that style of leadership. You just, you're not going to engage people and people are going to say, nah, not for me. And that's why you yeah. see things like the great attrition and great resignation because people are saying, yeah. I'm out of here, right? I'm not going to put up yep. with this kind of crap. And yep. there's choice right? for sure. So yep. Is there a song that epitomizes your career path? You know, and it's an interesting question to ask me now because I myself am going through a shift. And uh, I, it's funny, you know, you talk about, you know, ditching my career with big consulting firms. I was scared. I wasn't as smart as you, Kathy, where I left right in the beginning when I thought, you know, I'm ready for this change. I know this is not for me. It took me a long time 
And I don't know if that's confidence or experience, whatever you call it. Um, but right now, honestly, I can't imagine working for an organization. And I truly, truly understand where people are at because people are saying, I want to work on my own terms, the way I want to work and how I want to work. And I don't want to be dictated to in terms of my hours and style and all of that. And by the way, I have all this other personal uh, responsibility. So I want to manage that too. So I'm not sure organizations and leadership teams get that. And so that's where we're at. <laughs> it is. It absolutely is. And is there, as you, you talk about this change and, and this shift in thinking, is there, is there a song that's resonating with you right mm. now? What I'm finding really interesting is I'm a, I'm a, a hardcore eighties, nineties, mm-hmm. you know, glam rock, hard uh, punk rock like the clash and and that kind of thing tragically hip my all-time favorite band of all time um but i'm (laughs) but but i'm i'm really i'm really connecting right now with lizzo i love what she stands for i love the messaging it's her latest song it's a dance song i was just thinking of her to be honest with you as you were talking and i'm her song is very sort of upbeat right um you know i the thing that I'm finding, it's not so much songs. I'm finding that uh, my attention, my reflection is turning to poetry lately. And it's interesting. Nice. And it's not dissimilar from music. It's just, it's a different way of, I think people are trying to find ways to express how they're feeling at this time. And poetry, music are ways and mediums to do that. So... Yeah, well, you definitely then need to go. Hopefully, you're at least a moderate fan. Um, the um, Leonard Cohen um, biography uh, called Hallelujah mm-hmm. oh, is that. coming out. Yeah. I went, to, I went to the premiere a few weeks yeah. ago. Breathtaking, mm-hmm. absolutely breathtaking. He was a poet. He wasn't yeah. a musician. He didn't know how to play anything. He picked up the guitar when somebody said, "You need to put this to music." Right. Um, and uh, so I would absolutely encourage you to go okay. see that. I think it, I will, will it would resonate. Okay. And um, all right. And we'll leave it at that. <laughs> now, I'm not letting you off the hook for this one. If your career was a street name, hmm. what would the actual road name be? Because I've been pondering a lot. It's just, um, I don't know. I don't know if I can come up with something. My mind's sort of uh, at a blip. That's yeah. Okay. But I, I really, because I'm in such a reflective mood, I just, I'm trying to stay in that moment if I can call it that to be honest uh the thing that comes to mind is something like a square one it's sort of going back to my core right yeah and what is it that's important to me what's a contribution I want to make um what is the impact I want to have and those are all the questions that are floating in my mind all right well how about we go with reflection way at the crossroads of square one road sounds okay (laughs) excellent all right so you talked a little bit about your career um, at the beginning and, and that shift that you've done and whatnot. So, uh, you know, rather than I, I typically hear ask what, the, what your journey's been like. So what has your journey been like? And now that you're figuring out that second phase, that work-life balancing, like you're saying, you know, we get to a stage in our lives where some of us, not everyone, some people love corporate, they love mm-hmm. the, the structure, they love knowing, they you know, that, that resonates with them. Um, but what's, what is it, what's it like being, you know, not ready to retire, Mm -hmm. um, wanting to work, but wanting to work 
the way you want to work and in a way that you want to work? It's liberating. And also I think, you know, maybe it's my age. I don't know. And maybe it's my years of experience. It's liberating. It's, I wouldn't call it scary, but it's the opportunity is, um, is enticing. It's, um, delicious even if I can call it that. Right. Because I, I, I think if you're a person that has reached this point in your career, you're wanting to say, you know, I'm not ready to retire, whatever that is, because I know many people who have never retired. Um, it's more of what does that next phase look like? And how do I have meaning and purpose in terms of the work I do? And and so part of me right now is saying, okay, what does that look like? And what I know for sure is this, and I said it earlier, it's it's not going to be tied to any one organization. I actually just finished a contract uh, with a really great company, uh, Canadian company, and it was supposed to be for six months, got extended to eight months, then 10, then 12, then 13. And then I finally said, no, I have to go. And it was really challenging for me, even though the leadership is fantastic. There are their culture is by far the best I've ever seen in any Canadian company. So it was hard on that regard, but the working relationship in terms of being tied, just, I just knew at a visceral level, it's not for me. Right. And so I still get asked for, uh, about opportunities and I, and I have to tell you, Kathy, uh, after listening to the opportunity, I often will say, there is not enough money in the world that will <laughs> truthfully, right? I just, I don't know yep. what it is. I just can just tell you that the, I, I know what I don't want. So I don't know if that's an answer. <laughs> oh, absolutely. It's um, I, I think that's one of the things that, you know, I, I know what I know. I know what I don't know. Yeah. I'm, uh, you know exactly. me, I am not afraid to admit when I don't know something, I will, you know, I'm going to work my ass off mm -hmm. to figure it out. Exactly. Um, I'm not leaving it at that, but I'm, I'm under no pretense to pretend that I am the be all and all of all things. Mm -hmm. um, and one of the things that I've come around to um, again, you know, into, into the, the second half, I would call of, of my career when I went out, went out on my own and, and started my own company and stuff was, you know what, I can work with anybody mm -hmm. for a short amount of time, mm -hmm. knowing that there's an end. It doesn't impact my relationship with wow. them, knowing that I can see the end of, wow. I, I can choose to walk away. I can, I've been in, we've been in situations like yours, right? Where we're yeah. like, nope, we're done. And then they're like, oh, can you just do a little bit more and a little bit more? And like you, you know, after a certain amount of time, we go, you know, you guys need to fly now. You need to mm -hmm. to spread your wings and, you know, jump out of the nest kind of thing. Mm -hmm. You, It's funny how you get pulled back in. And as, as you get mm -hmm. older, you're able to go, no. So like, even with you, yeah. with that opportunity, yeah. you know, as a consultant, there's always that, is this going to be my last gig? But you knew yourself well enough mm -hmm. and had the courage and the strength to be able to go doesn't matter if this is the last one I gotta go mm -hmm. um and exactly. I think that comes exactly. with experience right. yeah because of experience it comes with age I think you know but you just you, now I had to I have to ask you this question because you mentioned it so in terms of working with people 
You will work with assholes? Well, often we don't know they are until we're in and the contract's signed. Mm -hmm. So that's a problem. We did actually, we had, we, oh my God, we had the year of assholes. Our clients, I love my clients, mm -hmm. love all of my clients. And then we had this mm -hmm. series and I won't say when so that people don't know who they are. Um, just one after the other of these really, really challenging groups. They weren't all jerks, but there was somebody in each one of the teams mm -hmm. where we'd get off a call going, oh my God. Interesting. Like, and, and we'd say to each other, yeah. we are not taking additional work on with these. We are not continuing to work with them. But of course, you know, uh, sometimes we did. Um, and it's a completely, for me, it's a completely different, I'm, I'm good. I'm like, mm -hmm. you know what? I feel bad for you. You know, if this is how you go through yeah. life, yeah. like either angry or snarky uh -huh. or whatever all the time, I just, I, I'm, uh -huh. I empathize. I'm like, wow. So how can I make your life yeah. better? So maybe you don't feel quite so cranky. That's, you know, I've, I've really uh -huh. flipped a switch from, you know, in my mid twenties, it would have pissed me off and I would have gotten mouthy and retaliatory and, you know, probably fired. <laughs> And now it's, I can look over the table, virtual or otherwise, smile at them and say, how can yeah. I help you? How can, how can I make this better for you? Yeah. And be genuine about it. Yeah. Good on you. You've got, you're, you're better than me. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. It, it, you know what? It, it's funny because, and I know exactly when it happened. I can pinpoint exactly when it mm -hmm. happened, yeah. which you, you, you for you. Know. So, yeah. you know, was there a defining moment, decision, action? You know, you, you went from Aon Hewitt, and as we talked about before we hit the record button, in, in that industry, there's sort of the trifecta that people tend to bounce around with, right, or between. So yeah. was there some mm -hmm. defining moment, decision, action that really impacted the trajectory of your career, either early on deciding consulting, HR, human capital, that's what I want to do, or even in the latter, you know, mm -hmm. we've been focusing a little bit on this latest stage of your career and this next adventure, something that really, yeah. you know, nailed it for you. you. You walked out of one meeting one day and went, ugh, that's it. I'm done. Yeah, nothing quite that dramatic, to be honest. I, I think if I if I think about the shift and my desire to focus on HR, and as you said, nobody <laughs> ever dreams to be an HR consultant, right? <laughs> that's 100% true. Uh, and for the, to be honest with you, for the first a uh, couple of years in consulting, I had trouble trying to explain to people what I do because like I don't produce a widget. I don't, you know, so it's hard to produce a tangible thing um, when it's when it's all when it's difficult to describe, right? Uh, I'm sure the same thing with the work that you do. But um, I, I think for me, it was just I, I was actually working in the corporate office doing trading and development, which I love. I still love. Yeah, you know, that's a teacher part of me. Uh, but um, what happened was there was an opportunity that came up in the advisory business at, at Aon, actually, um, the Alexander Consulting Group, the precursor to Aon. And uh, I, I went for it and there were some amazing consultants. And through the years, we've had some amazing consultants that were all uh, really talented, uh, just talented and powerful women that I admired and had great skills and knowledge and experience that they brought into consulting. And, you know, Aon was amazing in that regard. We would hire people that were very experienced in industry. Um, and so I had a trail of amazing women to, to look up to. So that influenced my thinking and my desire to make an impact. And then one of the things that was interesting in my career path is I didn't stay in sort of the one area. I sort of moved around through human capital. So I, I 
I think you know this, I spent a lot of time in communications as well. And so when I started working with folks like you, it was like, well, what, well, yeah, everything that matters is not so much the design of a specific initiative or a program. It's how you communicate it and how do you get people on side? And so that shifted my mindset and, and hence why I decided to pursue part of my later career in change management and communication. So all those things shifted uh, early in my career and influenced my choices. Um, but most recently with the pandemic, I think I just felt with the time in my age that I just wasn't happy with a nine to five. And I don't, there was no sort of culminating dramatic event, to be honest. And in fact, I, I really enjoyed my time at Willis Chatwood Watson, fantastic people, uh, like on an individual level, just really amazing people and lots of friendships I still have. Um, but it was more of my own sense of how I wanted to work. And I couldn't define it. I just had this feeling. And so that propelled me to say, I just need that change. So, and it just coincided nicely with the, with the pandemic. It's like time for me to go. <laughs> Although I did get, to be honest with you, Kathy, I did get a lot of people saying, why are you leaving your job in the middle of the pandemic? I'm like, because I just, and I didn't know what I was doing. I just, I didn't have a job to go to. I didn't have a practice to start. I just knew I, I had to go. <laughs> yeah. Amazing? Well, you know, and I think the, the, the opportunity for reflection you know, that the uh -huh. pandemic gave a lot of people really, you know, that's what drove the, you know, whether you want to call it the great resignation or the, the, the great, you know, shifting, um, because people didn't uh -huh. leave their job and not work anymore. You know, they, they went somewhere else, um, yeah. is that they had yeah. the opportunity to say, especially in like a city like Toronto, where we live, where if you're commuting from anywhere outside, you know, north of the 401 or, or east of the, the 404, um, you're losing two yeah. hours of your day. And so for those of mm -hmm. us who chose to take public transport, which I did, I shoot me now, anybody who disagrees with me, but I love the go train. I think that is like a brilliant mode of transportation. You prep for your day, you get reading done, <laughs> you listen to music, whatever it is, you know, some people I know hate it. Um, but they got an opportunity to go, oh my gosh, I can get two hours back in my day by changing my commute from heading down into the city or coming down my stairs. Why wouldn't I do that? Right. So I think people really got a sense of, of what life could be. We got such, such a rat race and I know it, it probably sounds totally, you know, colloquial to, to reiterate this, but I think that had a lot to do with it. So it, to me, it makes total sense. And for someone who is so down on your game and knows so much, like you said, you, you moved throughout Aon Hewitt, um, in the different, different practices. And, you know, I was only there for just shy of two years, but it was the first job I would have left sooner if not for the people that I worked with. So I really liked yeah, a lot go. of the people that I worked with. You, my fellow colleagues in, mm -hmm. in communications, the challenge of leading a new team, which hadn't been done before. I, like it, it drove me. I was passionate about it. I wasn't necessarily passionate about the, the going into the office and doing that, but I, I really loved the challenge. So um, I think you just know. I think some people just, you know, it, the penny drops and you're like, you do. yep, it's done. It's time to move. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, 
So exactly. in your current role, exactly. I mean, that's one of the things with consulting and working for yourself. You, you don't necessarily know what your day is going to entail. You, like everybody else, we have task lists and, and things to do, particularly when we have clients on the go. But what gets you up in the morning? What are some of the challenges and compromises that, that maybe are different now than they were when you were in the corporate world? The main thing, you know, I always think about it in terms of discipline, right? You need to create your own structure. You need to be the person who motivates yourself. And for me, it's all driven around um, what am I delivering this week? And that determines my priorities. <clears throat> I, I, I read something recently. It's like, <clears throat> I'm sure you're, you, you do this. You do the endless to-do list, right? And it's like you never quite get through it all. And I, I, I learned it recently. I read this, but, you know, this whole productivity method that you only put three things on your list, right? And then, you know, whatever you get done, you add to it. And that becomes the next three for the next day. Well, I don't know about you, but it's never three. <laughs> it's just always a list of five, sometimes 10 things. But I think, I, think the, I think the whole idea there is prioritizing, right? And figuring out what's critical, what's important. Um, when you have multiple clients, like we both do, it's about trying to figure out what is, what is the most critical, what needs, what needs consultation, what are the steps? And because you're an experienced consultant, you know what to do, right? And often it's, it seems really straightforward. Here's a deliverable, um, but it's not. So, and circumstances within our client engagement change. Like I have one client right now where when I started the engagement way back in December, um, they had a, a, their CEO was on his way out. Well, their new CEO, because of the search just came on board. And then, so it's getting him up to speed. So now there's all these additional meetings and discussions that we've had to have at senior management and with the new CEO. So he understands what we're doing. And it's also shifting some of the original steps that I had. So I think it's being comfortable that, um, what's that word? It's agility, right? To, to shift and move. And again, I think it's experience. I think it's age. It's like, I'm super comfortable with that, but I, I do know, I do know people who are so, who, who get nervous when things change. Right. And I'm like, I think as you get older, you just get used to the fact that nothing ever quite goes the way yeah. you plan. Yeah. I think, okay. I think that pendulum, you, you either go one way or the other, you either get more and more freaked out by change and not wanting and doing everything you can in your power not to change to just going with the flow. Yeah. Like just whatever happens, happens. Exactly. And you gave me a brilliant idea for another podcast is the, the to-do list, <laughs> right? So yeah, just quick, you know, 10 minute bits on how do you do your to-do list? Because for every person, everybody has their own mm -hmm. system. And I know I have tried every technology mm -hmm. out there and I go back to my Me book. <laughs> I, still, I still go back to my book. Me and too. How it gets prioritized is by Thursday, if there's certain things not done, they get a highlighter on them. It's like, okay, those have to get done by the end of the week. Everything else can get pumped. But yeah. Yeah, and it's fitting it all in too, because there's, yeah. you know, there's the work priorities, but there's also the personal priorities, right? I have this um, day timer planner, whatever you want to call it. And what I love about it is it's got all the spaces in the in the book for all your work commitments, but equally there's sections for things like, you know, have you exercised, right? I mean, it sounds silly, right? But truthfully, um, if you, and then the older you get, the more this matters. If you don't take care of yourself physically, you can't do anything else. And so that's become really important to me. And I actually, it's, I'm 
that's one thing I'm really proud of is during the pandemic, I really got myself disciplined in terms of working out and taking care of myself and eating better and all those good things. That is so, so important. Um, really, really important. So mm -hmm. if you weren't in the HR space, if you weren't doing the important work that you do, is there something, mm -hmm. and it's okay if there isn't, I mean, this is one question that people are like, yeah, you know what? I like what I do. So I've yet to mm -hmm. tell me, someone tell me, oh yeah, I'd be a rock star. <laughs> I'm waiting for that one. I'll answer it with a story. Um, sometimes I, I used to have this thing come up for me every so often throughout my career where I used to think, does anything I do matter? <laughs> because I'm married to somebody who is a healthcare professional, and it's probably not a fair comparison, but who um, literally works miracles and helps people and gets them back on their feet, makes them healthy. And in contrast, I think to myself, okay, what do I do <laughs> that really has an impact? Right. And so part of, part of my pondering now is like, okay, um, if I had a chance, could I do something different? Yeah. Sometimes I wonder, could I have been a scientist? Could I have been somebody who discovered something? Like I think about that and, and really had uh, groundbreaking discovery or something. I think about that, to be honest with you, what that looks like in terms of a profession. I don't know. It could be medicine. It could be not too late, whatever. When I was going um, to school. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> I never stopped going to school, to be honest. And because again, if you're a learning individual, yeah. it's not tedious, right? Because you look at it as an opportunity to grow. Um, and to eat, and I, I'm not afraid to say this. It's like, I always think I'm not always the smartest person in the room. It's like, I'm, I'm going to learn from you. And yeah, I'm very absolutely. comfortable with that. I've worked in industries like you, where people think I have to be the expert. So therefore anybody who challenges me, uh, it's a problem. And I'm like, okay, you, you're yeah, the one. Exactly. exactly. So, All right. Well, you've already <laughs> shared so much great advice and insight. Is there something in particular um, that you'd like to share your best piece of advice on life, career, success, maybe targeting the women in our audience? Being okay to listen to your voice. Like I, I spent too much of my time and career thinking I had to go to somebody else for advice, that somebody else had a better answer. But I just say, trust yourself, trust your gut. And you may get lots of people saying, no, that's not going to work, or that's not a great idea. Ignore it. I just say, ignore it, go for it. Um, if you're passionate about something, whatever it is, go for it. And don't let anything stand in your way. And don't let failure be the thing that stops you. In fact, failure is one of those steps that you need to actually go through uh, to learn. So that's what I would say. Very, very smart advice. Um, all right. This has been amazing. Where can people find you? Where's the best way to connect with you? LinkedIn is probably the easiest way. I don't have a website. You know, and people say, do you have a website? I'm like, no, because I haven't had time to do it. And I, you know, and somebody said to me once, it was a colleague of mine at Towers, is like, I have 30 years of experience. Why do I need a website? And I kind of think the same. And yeah, 20 <laughs> plus years in the industry, your virtual Rolodex, uh, you're not hurting for work. There's, there's not a worry out there for that. So Susan, thank you so much for being a part of today's conversation. Um, you know, all that you've done and, and taken the positive learnings from your years in corporate and turning it into something where you're paying forward um, for other organization is absolutely inspiring. Um, to my audience, thank you for listening to Uncharted Journeys with me, your host, Kathy McKnight. Um, and I hope you enjoyed our conversation and hearing about uh, Susan's passion about persistence 
um, through all facets of facets of life can really make for change. And to my audience, thanks for listening to Uncharted Journeys with me, your host, Kathy McKnight. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Susan and hearing about how a passion and persistence can pay off in all facets of life and how she's helped move the needle to create more equitable and actionable change in the HR industry and beyond. Keen to hear more amazing stories from amazing women? Then join me next week when I'll be speaking with Lori Jones, President and CEO, as well as Director of Strategic Development at Avocet Communications, to hear how she has learned that by eschewing business as usual type thinking and instead living and working by the notion of business as unusual, it enables her and her team to outthink their clients' competition and deliver amazing results. As always, you can head over to unchartedjourneys.net to sign up for our email list, as well as check out the links and resources in the show notes. Thanks again for listening. See you next time. And until then, enjoy the journey.